Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. And I'm your co-host, Anais Lucia. And today we actually have a very special episode because we have a special guest, which is Joe's youngest son, Joe Baker III. But uh, we'll be calling him Boo, as that is his nickname, just to make it a little bit easier for the listeners so they don't get confused. Uh, Before we get started, let me uh, give you a little bit of background about me and my son. Uh, he was born in 1987, so when I got locked up in 1989, he was right at two or barely two years old. I think he had just started walking, and I really don't, you know, um, know how to say this other than this just straight out, is that, you know, I got to know my son uh, before he got locked up with me through visitation and phone calls. And visitations you know my sister he would come with her and we would get to you know visit you know for the few hours that they would allow visits and we really didn't have uh, the type of relationship that I wanted it was nothing to do with him it wasn't his fault it was my fault because I was in here Mm. Uh, but I always had in the back of my mind that my sons both of them uh, they had resentment towards me but both of them they always told me that they loved me but I always had this in the back of my mind, this fear that, is it real? Is it true? Because, you know, the truth of the matter is, I just didn't think that I deserved their love because I wasn't there for them. Mm-hmm. And then my son got locked up with me, and then we started to get to know each other. And I'm going to stop right there and let my son say something, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get right into it, because I think you're going to enjoy what we're going to be talking about, because I think it's important for people to know that being a parent in prison uh, is still important, and you still have a role to play in your child's life. But I'm going to go ahead and let my son say something before we get to the show. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, first and foremost, I want to say, you know, you know I love you, man. I want to tell you I love you. <laughs> and, you know, growing up, growing up without a father, I don't think you realize how much you really need that in, in your life until you reach a certain age. I don't think you realize how much uh, you miss out on as far as growth, especially a kid growing into becoming a, a, a young man and, and on on to a man. I don't think you realize how how important it is as a child, you know, ha- having that or what you're missing out on. Um, and growing up, we had, we did have my mother was dating a guy that she ended up having a child with that was there and he was I guess tried to be whatever father figure he could but him being in the life that he lived I don't think he was you know what I'm saying what I believe every child needs to every child's need to get to become what it is they need to become on the, on the up and up end so I didn't even really realize what I was lacking or what I needed until I reached a certain age. And that's when the resentment hit, when it was like, ah, if my daddy was here, this, if my daddy was here, that, if my daddy was here, maybe this would be better. If my daddy was here, maybe mama wouldn't be struggling at this, struggling mm-hmm. the way she's struggling. If my daddy was here, uh, he would have been able to protect me from this. If my daddy was here, maybe I wouldn't have tried that. Mm-hmm. Then that's when it started to hit. 
when as a kid though you just kind of <laughs> you just a kid you just moving around you know I'm going to basketball practice and then I started to notice and that's another level of resentment when you start to notice okay that child dad is here mm. that child dad is here and then you be like okay and then that's that 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 kicks in mm-hmm. and then same thing with like being in school if if, if it was car if you're a car rider and you know these kids parents are picking it up and you see their dad in their car you're like dang and the only time i'm getting to talk to my dad is when they say you have a collect call from and i hear his name joe and mm-hmm. to accept it and then and then <laughs> at the end of the call it's saying you have 60 seconds left on this call like when you hearing that, <laughs> when you hearing that as a, as a young kid, and then versus seeing somebody's dad being there physically, and and to see that dad maybe being affection, affectionate, or that dad giving advice on the basketball court, do it this way and do it that way, mm-hmm. and the only thing you can think is, uh, my dad gonna call me to leg at five thirty, or we're going to see him, and we got a certain amount of time, and the only time I really get to kick it with my dad is when we walking up to a vent machine, putting the card in and waiting for the snack to fall out so we can go sit at the table and you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's yeah, that's when that resentment started. When you start realizing if he was here, mm. it it could it could have possibly been different. How old were you when you first started to, you know, feel that resentment towards me? I think it, whatever I, I would say around the time maybe when granddaddy died when your dad died I think uh, because with granddaddy being there even though I felt like granddaddy was that to me in a way whether he was there as much as I wanted him to be or not he was there like it was a nothing to go see granddaddy I could walk in and see him you know with the fake leg and it was just something about his presence mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying or, or if I wanted to go when he had the store and I go and he'd be like well you need some money or you want a, you want a burger or something it was just his presence of knowing whether he was guiding me or whether it was just knowing I'm gonna go see granddaddy and so I think it was around a little bit after granddaddy left because that's kind of around the time I think I really started getting in trouble a lot too and it was a lot it was more like you know my dad ain't here you know what I'm saying and I think that's when I really started to notice because you know I got much love for Uncle Uncle Squeaker man you know that's that's my guy I love him to death but he didn't carry that presence I felt like just granddaddy had it was just different and like Uncle Steve you know Uncle Steve came to town here and there you know I know that's Uncle and if I needed to I could have called but it wasn't it wasn't their presence like Granddaddy Granddaddy gave me that father figure feel for some reason mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so when he left it was like you know I didn't have it and then it's like but my dad is still alive and the only time I can really talk to him is when he called and it's like he ain't here so you know Anna East, that's the, I hope that's enough context. If you want any more other than that, just come on with it, however you want to do this. Yeah, so just kind of maybe go back to when you first, you know, were in prison, I guess, together. Um, so for both of you, what was it like? Like for Joe, um, you know, if you maybe want to go first, what was it like being in a prison cell with I, I your son? For, I, I want to go first if I Okay. Did. Okay, sure. Okay, you go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, to, to, it's 
it's, a, it's some context actually behind that. You know, I remember somebody asking me one time, did I go to prison to be with my dad? Never mm-hmm. did I, you know what I'm saying, expect to get in trouble or try to get in trouble intentionally to go to prison and expect. It was, it was, it was a rare situation, I believe, for us to even get around each other. Mm-hmm. But by the time I had stepped into the prison, it was bittersweet because in there, whether my daddy ever knew it or not on the streets, I heard a lot about my daddy that still made him a hero to me in my eyes, regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, saying what people said about my daddy. I always, I gravitate positive because in so many ways, I felt that I was like him and I wanted to be like him, whether I got to know who he was or not, or got to know him through other people. You know what I'm saying? I felt like that was a part of me. So by the time I got to prison, what it was like, I was still hearing similar things, great things about my daddy. He wrote books and he was this and he was that. He was, you know what I'm saying? So once I got there, like a, it was bittersweet. It was like I hated under the circumstances, but at the same time, man, I'm finna get to meet my hero. You know mm. what I'm saying? So, so by the time I got around him, even though the re- the resentment was, I think, laying dormant at the time, the resentment didn't come out. I think to later on down when we were selling for a while, when I first got around him, I was more so excited about getting just to be around him. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was, it was weird because we in prison, but at the same time, it was like, man, like anytime I seen him walking, like I could, like he bow-legged like my dad, like my granddaddy and like me. And then my man is like, man, that's my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it, so if he came to the cell and we, we, we made food together, like I would sit back and watch and be like, man, that's daddy. I would watch his mannerism, how he moved. And I'd be like, man, that, I ain't got was saying, I'll be like, I would have said that the same way. Like, mm-hmm. I got to see a lot of where I came from, even under them circumstances. So for me, you know, it was bittersweet. It was hard, mm-hmm. but it was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change it. Oh, wow. Yeah. For, well, dig that for me, it was bittersweet as well, but it was more, I was more afraid because in this environment, I've been here a long time before he got here, you know, and I was so terrified that something would happen to him and I couldn't protect him. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was happy to see him. Not that he happy to see him come to prison. I, I was not happy about that. Mm-hmm. But I was happy to see him and so that I could wrap my arms around and protect him mm-hmm. as much as I could. But I was terrified the whole time. I was terrified the whole time. I was living a lifestyle that uh, I was playing both sides of the fence, you know, just keeping it blunt. And I was living a lifestyle where at any time, anything could happen. And now it's not only going to happen to me, possibly, but it could happen to my son. And I was terrified of that. Now, keeping it real, you know, that fear didn't make me stop what I was doing. I thought I could manage it, you know, with the rules and how the streets go and how the prison rules go. I thought that I could manage all of that and keep him safe. And I, I think I did the best that I could under the circumstances. But for me, it, it was bittersweet. I was happy to see him. This is my baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I watch him when he sleep. I watch how he, you know, he rocks his leg when he sleeps and uh, all of those types of things. You know, when he tried to cook for me, you know, and he thinks he can cook, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I remember that. I watching it. You know, and, that's when uh, I first got there. I, I was a little rusty. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember. You know, I remember going to the gym and 
watching him play, and while I'm watching him run up and down the court because he can play ball, I'm flashing back in my mind I'm like, dang, I missed all of that. Uh, I remember taking him to the barbershop, and, <laughs> and this is funny because when I took him to the barbershop for the first time, I'm talking to the barbers at this barbershop as if my son is a child, and this is his first half <laughs> cut, and I'm trying to tell him, right, right. take care of my son, you know, and it was just, I was, I was afraid that I was going to mess up again. Oh. I messed up when I left him, you know, and I was so afraid that I was going to do or say something and make him angry with me and make him not tell me what I always thought in the back of my mind that mm. he really didn't love me, you know, and that, and that fear stayed with me until, you know, we had our big big argument you know what I'm saying? right right and I, yeah i'll let you tell that part you know and then uh, jump in, but yeah go ahead you know how that ended up happening because i i do you know on my on my social media a lot of people ask you know what i'm saying about our relationship and i said man i talk to my dad almost every day if not it's, it's probably on he working if not every other day we're going to talk several times a week hmm. and a lot of people ask how did we get to that point knowing that he missed so much of my life, you know what I'm saying? And it was a moment, it was a moment where I was, I was, because we had a cell phone, and, and that's how he, that's how he persuaded me. Let's put that on her too. And yeah. he persuaded me to come to the prison. Oh. <laughs> he was telling me, he was telling me that uh, he was going to get me a phone. Well, he told me that he had me a phone. So when I got there, we got two, we got two phones, but he telling me he want to keep the other phone put up just in case the other one get jammed up. Oh. So I'm thinking, okay, that's that. Okay, cool. So we sharing a phone. Mm. So one day I'm on the phone talking to my daughter, make a long story short, his girl had called and I didn't answer the phone and I ended up taking the phone back and he called me back to the cell because I went to go play chess. He called me back to the cell. Oh, <laughs> and when I walked in, he was like, why you didn't answer the phone? And in my brain, I was just like, you know, I didn't answer the phone because I knew as soon as I got out with it, who I was talking to, you know, I was just going to bring the phone and let him call back. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I got upset is because I felt like he chastised me in front of a woman that did not raise me, wasn't at court dates with me, didn't, wasn't there, didn't go through the pain, didn't go through, you know, watching, helping me grow, didn't go through the struggle. And as he was saying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have took offense to it had it, had he not been on the phone. Because right. m- when I was watching you sit down on the bunk, you still had the phone to your ear. And I was like, she on the phone, and he, she getting to hear him basically check me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she don't deserve, she don't get to get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. She don't. And he was like, next time she called my phone, bring me my phone. And it was the tone, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not in front of her, no. Nah. <laughs> but at that moment, that brought everything. Like, hold on, you don't even get to say that. You don't even get to say that. You don't even deserve to say that at this point. Bring you, you don't get to check me. Like, you ain't been here. You ain't done it. You ain't, we should mm. in the cell, man. And then you talking to me the way you talking to me with somebody who don't know me, didn't raise me. And you didn't like that. Like, it was like, dang, you don't even. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Put your shoes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the moment. And But when that happened, when that happened, like, uh, he had he had kept the phone from me a couple of days, and I ended up getting into it with one of his partners, tiny guy, rest his soul, man, good dude. And he called me to the cell. He was like, "Let me talk to you," because I had went in the cell and roughed him up, and roughed him up a little bit, man. What the phone at? <laughs> and he wouldn't give me a phone. So when I got in the cell, with my daddy, he was like, "Man, 
he started he started talking and in the middle of this conversation what we were whatever was being said as far as about the phone he was like man step out of the cell real quick and i was like man i ain't going nowhere you know what i'm saying but when i said that i noticed that my daddy was coming to a moment and i i noticed that it was a he think I, I don't care or I'm being disrespectful or I don't love him. This is coming from a different, like what I'm channeling and feeling. He thinking this is whatever may have been in the back of his head is coming to the surface. So right, right. so when he turned, he was like, man, step out the cell. But I noticed I had never seen my daddy cry and I noticed some emotion oh, come off of him. Wow. And he kind of turned his back to, I think, to try to hide that moment. And when he did it, I stepped up to him and I kind of grabbed his shoulders. And in the hostile moment that we were in, he kind of janked, janked away real quick, kind of aggressive, almost like he didn't know if I was going to reach or hit him or if, I, if it was a care, if it was affection. He didn't know what it was. And he kind of janked away from him and kind of threw his arm at the same time. And at that time, he had broke. And I had broke, and I was like, "Man, I love you." And, I, and he was like, "Nah." He said, "He said, man, you don't love me." He said, "You don't love me, boo." And I said, "I do love you." And that, that you know, I embraced it. You know, what I'm saying we embraced each other. And at this time, we started having a conversation, and I started saying, and I needed the moment. I think because it was a painful moment to say what needed to be said, but at the same time, it was a sensitive moment to be able to receive what was being said and why it wasn't a it wasn't a lash out moment like man you know what i hate you you know what i'm saying it was a this is a a time to say it mm-hmm. and not come off like you know what forget you you know what i'm saying i got to say what i said said how i felt and he got to apologize from a genuine place of you know that that was a that was i guess you could say like a it wasn't intentional. I didn't leave you intentionally. Like these are the circumstances. This what happened. And, you know what I'm saying? If I could, you know, I wouldn't have done it. Like I, I wouldn't have left you and your brother. Most important, I wouldn't have left your mama to raise y'all on her own. Like I would have been, I would have been there, you mm-hmm. know, so to be able to hear it in that moment, I was able to receive it versus probably better than if he would have ever said, which I'm sure he said it on phone calls many times me growing up. It, it was different in that moment in that cell which i think i think the most high for that because i could receive it at that time and then not only that i'm I'm gonna leave with this uh i had made the same mistake he did (laughs) so i had to extend the same grace i left my child in a similar situation our our cases are almost the same you know what i'm saying and i'm i'm asking him i'm I'm asking, I'm angry at him because of what he did. And I knew what he did growing up because I was going to prison to see him. And in the middle of me living how I was living, I never stopped to say, I'm not going to make the same mistake. I did it too. Mm-hmm. So I was able to come down, I think, at that moment. And I think, and and, and I got to, he handled it better than I think he, he think he did. So. Yeah. But see, for me, it was like kind of that, that moment. I was handling, you know, with the go back to the phone, mm-hmm. I was handling that moment as if you wasn't my son. I know you my son, but I'm checking you like I would check anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That violated that line. That was a prisoner. And that's because I didn't know, and I understand that now, but I didn't know how to be a father in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Because you hadn't actually done anything wrong, but in prison, that's not what you do. You know, a situation like that, you know, it's like 
boom, somebody call on the phone that you don't own, get that to them. Right, and right, right. I didn't handle that right. I didn't handle that because this is my son. My son don't mean no malice towards me. So I didn't have to go like that, but I didn't realize that that's, that's part of that not knowing how to be a father, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And not believing that I had the right, deep in my heart anyway, not believing that I had the right to be a father. And that clouded me. That, that, that helped. I had a blind spot to, you know, what do I say? And when do I say it? And, and what tone do I use? I, I, I didn't have any experience in that. The experience that I had watching my father, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when, when he raised me, my father was in prison. My grandparents raised me on both sides of, the, of my mother's parents and my father's parents. I knew the model. I knew how to do that on the streets. Mm-hmm. But in here, I didn't know. I didn't know. And this was like, we were together shortly at Turner Center, but this was the longest we had been together at, at, at this particular prison. And it was like, what do I do? I had no experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I handled it. I handled it the best way that I knew how, and it mm. turned out to be, in my opinion, one of the best things that ever happened because it taught, it brought that moment, and we were able to say some things that needed to be said, and and from that point on, you know, my son's my best friend. You know, right. I try to be more of a father than a friend, but he's mm. my best friend. Mm. You know, and that's just what it is. So you know. so i just do um i just want to just for the listeners just a little bit of information um just to clarify um boo are you how long were you in prison i went in in 2007 i was released i finished my sentence in 2017 okay i've been home uh i've been home four years it made four years in may since i've been home okay and how old were you when you when you um you know when you first arrived there when I went in, mm-hmm. I think I was 19, I want to say 19 or I was 18 turning 19. I'm, I'm sure I was right at 19. Okay. Joe, I'm wondering, like, what, did you tell the other inmates that maybe, like, he's your son or, like, to, like, did you think, like, maybe having you there, like, kind of protected him or made, like, you know, just... Oh, I ain't no doubt about that. It, it, absolutely. It mm-hmm. protected it because... I had this reputation, you know, um, I, I was affiliated, you know, Gangster Disciple at that time. Uh, and yeah, that, well, in Northeast, I'd already retired at that point, but the point is, my reputation was still intact and people still knew me and, and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, me, him being there with me, he had a certain grace, you mm, know what I'm saying? Okay. The boundaries he could push, you know, it was like, wait a minute, that's Joe's son. What's going on? Let we, let's talk to him first. You know what I'm saying? Mm, but okay. we, yeah, it, it, it did. And uh, and even if he, when he was at other places before he was with me, yeah, it was, you know, it was extended towards him. I made sure that people at other places knew that's me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and the same thing for my other son, you know, that was in here, that, that hands off. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that extended to him a little bit, you know. Okay. And... Um, Joe, how did you feel about your son, uh, you know, becoming, getting involved in a gang? I didn't like it. Mm. I didn't like it. I, I, I always tried to hide that from them. I remember I have this mark on me and he, he asked me about it at visit one day and I wouldn't tell him. So as the story goes, he was telling me, as a matter of fact, let me, let me answer like this. Mm. No, I didn't like him being in the game, but I'm going to tell you how he, that happened. I'm going to let him tell you how that happened. <laughs> oh. So you go ahead. Yeah. Well, like he was saying, I had seen the mark. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a mark he got, I guess he almost like a, 
what they what do they call it? Almost like a branding. Yeah, it's a branding pitchfork between between uh, Stum and his index. I think it's the index finger. And I had I had actually went to juvenile. I had got sent away for the first time for uh, burglary for theft over theft over. I think it was a thousand dollars. We were breaking in, broke in someone's house, and went to court. And he placed me in DCS custody. And while I was in DCS custody, I got to this place in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, called uh, NTC, Nashville Transition Center. And while I was there, I noticed uh, people growing up that sign that I seen on my dad's hand, and I would see drawings and certain things I would see. And, I, and all of a sudden, I was hearing people say what it meant and what it was. And I connected the two. I was like, oh, that's what he is. That's what I'm going to be. That's what I'm going to be. And so that's, that's how the two, that's how the connection was made. And I remember, I remember when I had came home, I had came home. I think I was wearing black flag. Somebody told him that I was wearing black flag. And, I called, and he called, he was like, what's up with these black flags you wear? I was oh, like, man, I'm a, I'm a gangster. <laughs> and he was, like, he was like, man, you don't know what you talking about. Right? Like, man, whatever. But yeah, that's how that happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's exactly how that happened. But I didn't like it. I didn't want him to do it. I didn't know. That's something I always wanted to keep from him because I know the reality of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, he found out later on, you know, everything that I know about it, he found out on his own later on. So. Mm. You know, but yeah, no, to answer your question, Anna East, no, I didn't like it at all, Aww. you know. Okay, so I was wondering, um, Boo, sometimes us as children, sometimes we'll kind of do things that maybe, you know, our parents do, but we don't really realize we're doing it or something. So like, you know, because there are similarities between what happened to both of you, like, you know, Boo, do you feel like in a way you know, you were kind of trying to be like your dad or something, or? Man, I'm gonna tell you something crazy. That's what I was, when I was talking about earlier, like, all of the similarities that we have, like, never being around him, mm. I had no, like, it, like, listen, for instance, you know, when you, when you do something, your parents say, uh, you just like your dad, or mm-hmm. you got that from your dad. Like, I heard that a lot growing up, but mm. it was different when I got around him and got to see, oh, that's why, like oh. certain things, like I can re- I can remember being in the cell one day, and he was having to explain and give somebody some advice, and at the same time he was kind of he was having to correct them, check them, but it was the animation and the look and the mannerism or how he did it, and I was sitting there like it was scary. It was like wow, it was like it was like an out of body experience. Like I would have did it the exact same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or or certain. Or certain ways he moved, certain ways he moved and done things like being calculated and strategic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, growing up, I didn't get to see where this came from. I didn't know like my how I operated. I'm thinking I'm just operating and learning life as I go. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, DNA and is yeah. very strong. Like this, yeah, wow. it comes from. It, this is coming from him and I have never been around him wow. so yeah. when I finally got around him I was like man that's crazy like even sometimes when I laugh my mama would say on the phone he sound like your dad wow. and you know being around him and seeing him laugh and it's like he sound like me you know what I'm saying <laughs> no, it was <laughs> like me <laughs> right 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 Aww. it was weird it was weird like I, one of our first uh, I remember us being out on the yard 
and we were walking and this guy didn't know that we would I was his son and he was like he was walking behind us and he was like Joe who is that you got walking with you man walk just alike and we both kind of turned around at the same time simultaneously you know what I'm saying and the guy kind of jumped he was like whoa oh. <laughs> my dad said yeah that's my son he said man you ain't got to tell me y'all look just yeah it was weird. it was just weird. it was weird it was weird like that was that was a uh, it helped fill one of the biggest voids I think I've ever had. Any of my success now, I have to, I have to credit it the most to the second most, because first and foremost to the most high. I have to credit Absolutely. that moment around my dad because mm-hmm. I got to uh, all those familiar that you talking about, those familiarities and stuff like that. I got to embrace where they come from oh. in a great. Okay. in a great positive way because the way it was told to me majority of the time came from a bad place but by the time I got around and got to see all of these things he was using he was using his mind and heart for they had turned into great things so I was able to embrace that part of me and take that bad out and use it and and help he helped me channel it right and watching it you know what I'm saying so yeah. Okay. That's something. Let me say this real quick, Anna East. Mm-hmm. That's something that I wanted to emphasize in this episode so that people will understand the value of uh, a parent, whether they're in prison or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, because I hear a lot of talk about how we can make our community safer out there on the streets and all these things. And it's one thing that I, one component that I really believe that the, the, the system and the society and people are missing out on. And that is including the people in prison in this solution. We have to be able to find that safe space, that middle ground to where parents in prison that are trying to do the right thing, they need that support to be able to support their kids and be able to say and do the right thing without passing that anger on. Because I know a lot of the resentment and the anger that I felt about being in here by by the way I was treated, not by the other inmates, but by the staff, by the by the people that run the prisons. Not all of them in here are bad. That is absolutely not the case. Mm -hmm. But you'll always have an officer here or or an administrator there that will treat you in a way that'll make you feel anger and resentment and contempt towards the system. Mm -hmm. And not meaning to, you'll talk to your kids or your your family and you'll pass that on to them. Or that that you, you, instead of telling them, don't do this and don't do that, you'll be open to telling them, man, go on and do this and this, this is straight, that's straight. And mm-hmm. when that's the wrong rap that you should be giving, and that's the wrong advice you should be giving. And I think that's why, you know, with the relationship that I have with my sons, both of my sons now, you know, if we, if, if, if society decided that, look, we need all hands on deck. We need mm-hmm. everybody to be trying to figure out how we can make our community safe. And in, in, in that small way, if people in prison, when they finally get to that point where they take full responsibility for what they've done, and, and own it, and then they pass that on to their kids in a positive way. I think that can go a long way in solving the, helping solving the problems out there in our communities and make them a little safer. Now, I don't want to get too far off of what we were talking about, but mm-hmm. you know, so go ahead with your next question. So. Yeah. 
Um, that could be the whole a future episode, maybe <laughs> talking about that. Yeah. Um, so, Joe, do you feel like maybe you were, you know, part of the reason that your son ended up in prison? I do. Mm-hmm. I feel totally responsible for both of my sons ending up in prison because uh, some of the advice that I gave them, I was trying to be more of a friend mm-hmm. as opposed to being a father. And yeah. I I was I put <laughs> my oldest son. I'll never forget uh, when he went and bought his first uh, cocaine. And well, it anyway. I thought it was his first anyway because that's what he told me. Let me put it that way. And mm. when he told me that he had been tricked, somebody sold him some fake dope. Me trying to be a friend as opposed to a father. Mm. I called one of my partners that was in the game real heavy and put him on. That oh. wasn't right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that led my son to be involved in the dope game, which ultimately led him to prison, right? Oh, okay. My youngest son, I didn't give him the right advice in a lot of situations because I was trying to be his friend more than to be his father. And what happened? That advice, those, the, the, the role that I put him on led him to commit the crime that he committed, in my opinion. Now, he, may, he may believe different, but I, I believe that I had something to do with both of them ending up in prison. So yes, I feel totally responsible. And that's what I mean by, you know, being a parent mm. as opposed to being a friend, you know, that will help. So yeah, I believe that uh, I am responsible. I don't know what he thinks. What, what do you think? Yeah, see, and I, I agree, you know what I'm saying, in some instances, you know what I'm saying, which all of it, to me, not being there was the biggest contributing factor to leading down uh, that kind of path anyway mm-hmm. which so it compounded it compounded coming from uh, adding the wrong advice to it so you know it just it just it just stacked it it just stacked the chances up but in that in that I can I, at this place I can look back and see you know, going back to not knowing how to parent or not knowing what to do, he 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 taking the 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 road of I want whatever kind of relationship I can get with my kids versus I'm not gonna say no, I'm not gonna say do this, I'm not gonna say right. don't do it that way, and then yeah. uh, they run the risk of somebody doing it for him. He tried to step in and be whatever he could. Mm-hmm. Even in in the wrong, I can look back and see it now, which I did have moments when it was like, mm-hmm. man, wait a minute, why in the world did he do that? Why in the world would he say that? <laughs> like like even when you just said about my my big brother, you know what I'm saying about you know what I'm saying the the bad dope transaction. I remember telling my dad, I was like, man, man, bro, won't do this and won't give me this and won't give me that, and he did the same thing for me. Look, I'm for the call, such and such, and boom. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so by the time I'm looking back, I'm looking back at some of this. I'm like, why in the world did he do that? Oh. <laughs> but I un- I understand different and like, man, I want to be whatever I can mm-hmm. because I haven't been able to be anything. You know what I'm saying? So okay. I'm, I'm able to uh, apply grace in that area of ignorance versus saying, man, he's wrong. He's straight up wrong for that. Like even when it came to the fin- affiliation, and I used when you asked. How did he feel about that? I mm-hmm. remember having to go through the process again, and I asked him. I was like, "Man, what you think about?" It? And oh. he said, yeah. "He said these are his exact words." He said, "I recommend it 
for the experience. So oh. <laughs> by the time, <laughs> listen, listen, but I get what he was saying now, you know, mm. but by the time I was in a cell fighting three people and one person rotating when one getting tired and these people about killed me. I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean he recommended this for oh. me? <laughs> <laughs> but I get at that point, I think he was, it was, it was good and bad at the same time because it was like he might do it anyway you know what I'm saying but if he do do right. it then he'll get to taste and see that ain't really what it, what's up what you to want. a certain you know what I'm saying so right. it was you know but yeah so yeah. I thought that I could control even that which right 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 but I thought I could control it because all of my friends the people that was in the tops and all that and I was at the top with them okay I can control this he won't get hurt too bad. Mm. <laughs> he'll figure out this is bull. You feel what I mean? Yeah, but to stay on the question about, you know, you know, I think to any parent, not just my dad, I'm sure it's to any parent, mother or father, you know, you're not playing the role that needed to be played when you bring in children into this world. Even myself, I've made the same mistake. You're that is the that's the number one contributor to the possible a great possibility of them taking a road that you as a parent don't want to see a child go down so that was the number one and then on two him not being there and wanting to be there in whatever way he can just compounded the chances so okay right so what is something that both of you learned about each other um that you didn't know before you know while you were in prison together let me go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I did not realize, and I'm kind of taken away from what he just said a, a few minutes back. I did not realize how much he's lost me. Mm-hmm. I just really didn't. And I didn't realize how much uh, a person could be like you that's never been around you and how, how grateful my son is how gracious he is, how humble he is. Mm. And I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, you know, all of the things that I remember growing up in the neighborhood and everybody would always say, Joe T, he'll help anybody. He'll do this, he'll do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning that about my son. My son will help anybody. Uh I mean, strangers, anybody. He will help anybody. Uh And I'm like, wow, you know, all all the good things. And that's the one thing I, I really just love about him. all the good things that I thought about myself and what I've been told about myself, he's got it. Aww. He's got it, and that's and I've learned that about him. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it, and he's gonna do great things. So yeah, I've I've learned that my son is 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 way more than the surface uh, shows, you know, and and uh, he's he's a hell of a man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I and I'm gonna have to ride on that comment too, you know, you know what did I take you know being around him I've seen so much of what was in me, like I was saying earlier, just kinda it pulled it out and enhanced it. You know what I'm saying? The same thing he was just saying about me as far as his heart towards people. I seen my daddy help a lot of people in prison in the short period of time we were there but it was it was the the heart that he had it was the same kind of 
character and personality that I knew mm. that I that I possessed and carried. You know what I'm saying? And you know, being around the family, you know, I could see bits and pieces of certain things that, that may come from my granddaddy and stuff like that. But being around, it was just like, man, that's wow, that's amazing. Like even my yeah. my my artistic skills as far as writing and stuff like that, like being around him and seeing him write and take notes the way he planned and do things, I was like, that's like that's that thing. That's that's like I do that. Wow. Like the way he the way if somebody say something like it, he don't have to and sometimes we just have it like that it's just in the dna to have the answer right off the bat mm-hmm. but yeah. but the, the way he process things before he respond i carry that okay. you know what i'm saying and it, it helped it enhance it to see it it, it made it even better <laughs> i'm just like you know what <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a it's a lot of things i can say you know what i'm saying that i that just being around, it was just like, man, that's crazy. Like, like he said, as far as being humble, even after doing so many, the strength, the strength that 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 he carried. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my mama told me, well, like, as much as I've been through, and and go, and it's just like, man, it, really, the, the time he's done, and, and like that's worse. But my dad is strong as an ox. You know what I'm saying? And that, mm-hmm. that I see where they come from. Like that's that that. That, that that strength to just just that willpower regardless of the circumstances like okay you get out you're a felon go get a job and do the man whatever my dad is sitting in prison writing books and doing podcasts and making games and hoodies and t-shirts mm-hmm. i'm not gonna work a nine to five but i got you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that man sitting in man that man sitting in prison man <laughs> with willpower you talking about go get a nine to five and make nine to twelve nine ten dollars an hour man you crazy that man <laughs> i'm finna go do some things Aww. i'm finna go make, be great that's awesome <laughs> but you know Make your mark on the world. That's right. Yeah, so so you know what I'm saying. So you know, be around that. You know, it's just you know, and I and and I, like he said, all the girls is my best friend because it's it's only one person in this world at this point. I draw from regardless of where he's at. And when he calls, you know what I'm saying. The I the creativity, the the ideas, the thoughts. Like we just mm. like the ideas just they just come. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And wow. not only do they come, not only do they come from him. I, I I know he has the the the, the he's competent and has the, the 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 whatever it is to actually make that manifest regardless of the circumstances. You know what I'm saying? We sitting on here doing a podcast. It's on. I guarantee you, across the state of the, of the across the nation right now, it's probably only ten inmates, probably out of millions that mm-hmm. has that has that. My dad is just so it so happens to be one. Yeah. So thank you for that. Wow. Mm. It's really beautiful to hear from both of you. You have one minute remaining. I just wanted to thank you for doing this show. I wanted to thank my son for being on the show. And uh, we'll do this again next week. And this has been uh, Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. And I'm your co-host, Danae Lucia. And we'll see you next week. Yes. Thank you, boo. (laughs) Thank you for using GTL.